Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Those who listen to instruction, listen means listening and doing, will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. So when God's people apply God's word, you can be guaranteed God will help you to change. Every person can change with God's help. Just turn to your name and say, I can change with God's help. We all have goals for our lives, and we know how difficult it can be to change a bad habit. In the scripture passage Pastor Mark will be teaching from, we'll be reminded of how Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men, and how his life story is an example for us as to how to live our lives day to day. Even though not everyone liked or appreciated what Jesus had to say, he didn't try to bully people into accepting the truth, but spoke with love and from honest concern for the people around him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Balanced Growth. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles. Uh, We're going through the book of Luke, and for the next three weeks, we're going to camp on this particular verse. You say, you got to be kidding me. No, this is fantastic. Wait till you see all that's there. Luke, all our campuses, chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, why would Dr. Luke write this one verse about Jesus' growth? Here's why. Luke knew that for him and every Christian following him, the role model of growth would be Jesus in his life. Would you just turn to your neighbor now and say this? Jesus is our role model for growth. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is our role model for growth. Now, we all know how physical growth kind of goes. It's a picture like this. If you're a parent, you remember how quickly your kids are growing. So growth is a natural thing. It's a God-given thing. That's the way life happens. Now, since you're a Christ follower, if you call yourself that, then I want to grow like Jesus. So the next thing you see here, I want you to write down. If you don't write it down, just think of the principle. Luke 2.52, 
is the blueprint for balanced growth. I'll unpack that in a minute for every one of us. You see, unlike the Seattle Seahawks, we don't study YouTube videos or film. We study the Bible. That's why we're going through the book of Luke, focusing on learning from the everyday life of Jesus. We want to see how Jesus lived, how he grew, how he handled the challenges of life, how he interacted with people. Actually, what you see, not just from Jesus, but from the beginning of the Bible to the end, we see this principle. Write it down at all of our campuses. God expects us to grow, to mature. That is not an abnormality. That is the normal thing, just like physical growth. Romans 8, 29 says it like this, for those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed, to be like the likeness of his son. As we grow as Christians, you remember, salvation is the starting point. Some of you are not saved yet. Your starting point will be today. And then this growth happens so that we become like Jesus in character, the way we think, and how we minister. Now, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. You'll see where it is in a moment. Ephesians chapter 4 in your Bible. So let's turn there, all of our campuses. Here you are, right there, almost halfway through your New Testament. So turn there in your Bible. Now, remember, we're studying the Bibles. You're not studying my face. So... If you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody, because this is how you grow. This is our manual for living. Look to the neighbor, even if you have to stretch, look to the neighbor, and let's look at Ephesians 4. Now, what's Ephesians 4? Look at me for a second. Let me explain that, then right back to the Bible. Ephesians 4 is written to a group of people. You see in the Bible something called the body of Christ. What that means is Christians from all over the world in the great sense. Anybody that's born again, they're part of one body, but here we are local. So you're part of a local body, our campuses, all our campuses. And we have many other wonderful bodies that are meeting right now. So this is a a challenge, and it explains what pastors do, what apostles do. Why in the world are you here? Why God gifted certain people with these ministry gifts? We begin in verse 11. It was he, God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be, as most of us uh, pastors here are, pastor teachers. Now, why did God use us? Why are we here this morning? Here we are, to prepare God's people, that's you, for works of service, to do good things, so that the body of Christ, internationally but also locally, may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith, you can't do anything unless we're headed the same direction, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become, what's the next word? mature, become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, the standard of maturity is Jesus. He's the blueprint. So write this down this morning. This is huge. A growing Christ follower is always learning and changing. When the Seattle Seahawks watching those videos, they're not just learning, they're going to apply it. They're going to change. They're going to learn how to be better. See, as you notice that growth process, it happens until we get to heaven. We never stop growing. We never stop changing. Now, what if we do stop growing 
in our walk with God? What if we get a little lax? What if we never really mature? Well, Paul gives us three dangers. Look at verse 14. If we grow, then we will no longer be infants. If I don't, I'm going to be an infant. Tossed back and forth by the waves. Blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So Paul says, if we continue to change, that's you and me, and grow, we'll avoid three dangers. I want you to write the dangers down of not growing and changing to be more like Jesus. Here are the dangers. We'll be immature, infant. What is an infant all about? Feed me, take care of me, change me. Selfish. I'll be immature, I don't care about you, take care of me. I'll be unstable. I'm always flipping from one church to another, to a new doctrine, something else. I'm all over the place. And the last one's hugely dangerous. Easily deceived. How did the cults in our world get started? Easily deceived. How do Americans join ISIS? Easily deceived. Now, if you look at those three words, there isn't anybody in Melbourne or Vieira, Sebastian, online, there's nobody that would say, oh, I'll take those three. Nobody wants to be like that. Well, how do I make sure that doesn't happen? I have to continue to grow and change. Now, that's not true for many of you because you've been a Christian a long time, but you stop growing and change. You're just doing the religious deal. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is showing us. No, no, no. It's ongoing growth. Now, many, many years ago, probably more than 20, probably 25 years ago, I came across this little kind of cascade of truth. I don't want you to write it down because you're going to miss me teaching it. You can catch it on the notes later. It's a good thing to do. But I do want you to write the first truth down. Here's the first truth on the top. Growth is necessary and healthy. Don't say this morning as a Christian, well, it's kind of an option for me. No, it is not. Now, watch as we go through this cascade. And again, obey your pastor. Don't write it down. I see something. You missed the whole thing. Okay? You can catch it later. It's on, the, it's on the web. When you see something in yellow at all our campuses, I want you to shout it out. Here we go. Healthy things grow. If you've ever planted a garden, you go out in the morning and go, wow, it's healthy, or shrivel to nothing. How many have a green thumb that goes the other way? Nothing grows. Yeah, let's not go there. Healthy things grow. Growing changes. It changes things. Look at the next one. And changing things, it's a challenge to me. Whoa, this is different. And challenges cause me In the spiritual area, to trust Christ. He knows what he's doing. And trust leads me to obedience. God, my answer is yes. What do you want me to do? And obedience makes us spiritually healthy. And let's read the last line. And healthy things grow. You see, that looks so cool. 
But we all have a little problem with it. Because sometimes I'm resistant to growing. You see, change in there is what kept the whole cascade flowing. You take change out, it's not healthy. And so, how many of you remember change means to to make something different, to become different, to transform in your life? How many of you remember shopping at Montgomery Ward? Let let me see your hand. Bunch of younger people say, say what? What kind of store is that? How many of you remember having a camera and the name on the camera was Kodak? Let's see your hand. Okay. That's a relic today worth a lot of money, probably. Now, what happened to Montgomery Ward and Kodak? They refused, say it with me, to change. change. That's why. By the way, Kmart and Sears are almost there. It won't be long. Done. Finished. Over. Well, a spiritual life? Could that be a problem for you and me? Of course. Of course. Satan is against us. Satan wasn't against Kmart, but he's against us because it's spiritual. So understanding, just turn to your neighbor right now and admit it. Just say this to your neighbor. Sometimes I don't like to change. You go ahead and just tell him right now. Just tell him. him. And I know at all our campuses right now, some of you are headed for the door. If this thing's about change, I'm out of here. Sorry, the doors are locked. You're going to have to listen to me the rest of the sermon, baby. Now, when you see that change, we laugh about it, but it's difficult. And I'm going to show you this morning why we resist change. There's lots of reasons, but I'm going to give you four. So write them down this morning, because then we're going to stop and think about them. Number one, sometimes I become resistant, and I resist change because of pride. Some of you are here saying that right now. Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian 22 years. I'm just fine like I am. I have my life all together. It's really about me. My friend, it is not about you at all. It's all about God. Number two, fear. Some of us resist change because we fear what can happen. Taking a step out. I remember many years ago when I first heard about video campuses. I said to myself, that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard of in my life. Until I visited one. And I went, that is an amazing idea. That'll work. We have thousands of people in video campuses today. The church in Alabama that I'm telling about, my kid goes to, 10 video campuses. It's just a way, but it works. But see, sometimes we're fearful. Well, what happened if it doesn't work? If God leads you to change, relax. Now, the third one, I tried to come up with a different letter word, but I couldn't. So say it with me. Lazy, lazy, lazy. I don't like to be challenged, Pastor Mark. I prefer status quo routine. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I know this for marriage. In marriage, one of us is always going for it. Another one's more laid back. Go ahead and give your spouse one of those. You, you know who I'm talking to. Now, Why did God give you a spouse that's the opposite of you? Because he's got a great sense of humor. He loves to laugh. (laughs) That's what happens in all of our lives. So you just, status quo is perfectly fine. And the last one is a big deal for us today. Busy. Pastor Mark, I don't really have time to change. I'm just too busy with normal everyday life. I'm just swamped. I just have all this happening. So Just take a seal a moment. Seal a moment means 
pause and reflect. Look on the screen and ask yourself, not your spouse, not your friend with you, ask yourself this morning, have you been resistant to change because of one of these excuses? Is there something in your life in those four years or maybe another excuse that has caused you to stop growing to be more like Christ? You see, it's amazing because when you became a Christian, all of us started with change. Therefore, if anyone was in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Some of you will get a chance to do that today. See, you can't become a Christian without change. And that change is designed by God to be good for us. Now, how would Jesus respond to people that refuse to change? One simple verse. We'll get it later when we study later on in the book of Luke. Luke 6, 46, Jesus says this. Why are you calling me Lord? Lord, the boss, the boss. But you don't do what I ask you to do. Who's he talking to? He's talking to people that think they're okay, but there's no change. There's no obedience. There's no trust. So the life of a Christ follower is filled with change and growth. You've heard me say this many times. If nothing changes, exactly. But if something changes, you didn't know that one is good. If, if something changes, something changes. You see, there's a scripture that absolutely identifies that. Take a look at it. It's right here. It's in the book of Proverbs. Those who listen to instruction, listen means listening and doing, will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. So when God's people apply God's word, you can be guaranteed God will help you to change. Every person can change with God's help. Just turn to your name and say, I can change with God's help. I can change with God's help. Now, why? You say, Pastor Mark, why am I talking to my neighbor all the time? Because <laughs> I want you to get connected. You'll see that later. Somebody haven't talked to your spouse in a week. It's been a good thing. Right there it is. Now, look, look, Paul proves this. Look at verse 15. Instead of being immature, instead of all that kind of stuff happening in my life, what do I find? Instead of being this baby, instead of being deceived, speak the truth in love as you're growing. And we will in all things grow up into him who's the head of the church. And then he shows us when the church, us, we're growing together to be more like Christ. What does that look like? Look how powerful this is. From verse 16, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So Christ, the head of the church, guarantees to help you and me mature and grow. That's his will for us. But not just that. This verse reminds us that other believers help us grow. They challenge us. They encourage us. We need to get connected one to another. Now, at Calvary Chapel, we have five core values that come from biblical principles. Here's one of them. Notice, read it. Connect to others in vibrant personal relationship. 
Some of you don't like small groups. You've been in the church forever. You don't want to get in a small group. You resist getting in a small group. And I hear people, I get emails, and they make me excited, and they make me frustrated. I know that sounds like I'm crazy, but let me tell you why. I'll get them quite often. Pastor Mark, I've been coming for five years. You kept harping on me to get in a small group. I don't want to be in a small group. I refuse to get in a small group. But this year, I got in a small group. And I missed four years of amazing stuff. I'm so sorry. Hello. Can I take you to a small group? No, I can't be everywhere at the same time. You have to get into a small group. I want to give you a principle. Most life change does not happen in our sanctuary. Most life change happens in a small group. You were designed by God to be in a small group. So quit being a baby. Quit being a standalone. Jesus started with 12 in his small group. So get to the group link this week. Get connected to these people and watch what happens. See, that's the principle that's there. The result of a local church getting connected with people, growing together is super powerful. I like this verse that you just read in the New Living Translation. I want to read it to you. Here it is. He makes the whole body, all of our campuses, fit together perfectly. As each part, each one of you, does its own special work. You get in. We're interacting with God. We're serving together. We're in small groups together. We're worshiping together. We're learning together. We're in the community helping together. It helps the other parts grow. Now look what happens. And everything in yellow at all the campuses, I want you to read it together with me. Here we go. So that, here we go, the whole body is what? Is healthy and growing and there you go. What does God want? He wants a healthy body. He wants us growing. Growing requires change. And as we grow, we learn to love one another. What did Jesus say? The world will know you as you love one another. You can't do that by not being in a small group. You need to be in a small group. Now, let's go back to Luke 2.52. Some of you are probably asking as we read this, Well, Pastor Mark, why did Jesus have to grow in these four areas? I mean, Pastor Mark, Jesus was fully God. He was. But he was also fully man. So why these four areas? Why wasn't there instant growth for Jesus? I mean, he's God because of this. When Jesus came, fully God, fully man, he voluntarily laid aside his God traits. God intended our relationship with Him and with others to be rich and life-giving. As Pastor Mark reminded us, Jesus showed us how to live for God by having a thirst for Him, obeying Him, spending time with Him in prayer and in the Word, and by serving Him with all our life. If we do these things, we can be the outward demonstration of Christ's love to the world that God wants us to be. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Do we have to love each other like Jesus loves us? How do we do that? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show us how being obedient to His Word will open opportunities to truly live a life patterned after Jesus, of humility, respecting others, and living peaceably with those around us. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Luke. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.